Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Right outside the studios here in New York, South Street, Seaport, Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. The fellas were actually just watching Devonta Smith, and they were watching Jalen Waddell, and we're trying to figure out who the best pass catcher, tight end slash wide receiver is going to be in the NFL draft. We spent so much time talking about the guys who will be throwing it to them. In fact, there are people that think five quarterbacks can be taken in the first eight picks Four of the first four could be QBs. That's never happened before. Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Zubin. The best pass-catching combination is going to be Kyle Pitts. That's easy. That's not, that's not hard, but he's a, he's a tied in, kind of like a bigger receiver, a mismatch nightmare for defensive coordinators. But if I'm drafting a, a tied in or whatever you want to call him that high – I got to get a little more out of it, though. I got to. Mm-hmm. I just got just do. I can't throw. I can't throw the ball at him twelve times a game. Well, Chris, you played for the Cowboys. So I want to get your opinion on this because what more juicy of a story could there be than the Cowboys giving Dak that money, Mike McCarthy back for a second year, pressures on America's team, picking in the top ten, looking for the next tight end to replace Jason Witten. We asked this morning our front office insider Mike Tannenbaum. We asked him. And he definitively and defiantly told us if indeed the Cowboys should go grab the guy Key says is by far the best pass catcher in this draft to give Dak one more weapon. No, 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 and no. And here's why. How many more times are we going to lose a game 49-47 for Dallas? Can we please win a game 14-10 to or 10-7? We need help on defense desperately. I'm a huge Dan Quinn fan. I think he's going to be massively impactful. We have a really good outside corner in Trevon Diggs. We have a good slot corner in Jordan Lewis. We need another outside corner. Just draft Patrick Sertan. It's not that hard. They got tons of weapons on offense. If they can get some back of these offensive linemen healthy, that'll make a big difference. But no, 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 and no. We got to get off the field in third down. We got to play better red zone defense. We got to rush the passer. And I don't want to lose any more games if I'm Dallas 49 47. So I don't want Kyle Pitts. I want the best defensive player we can get. Yeah, I agree with Mike Tannenbaum. They need to help their defense. I don't know if it's adding a corner or if it's addressing the offensive line. And I say the offensive line because the Dallas Cowboys, that group up front, is really, really shaky. And if you look back to when they were double-digit win teams, when they had Dak Prescott as their starting quarterback, they were able to control time of possession, and that offensive line was the engine for that run game. I think they got to get back to that formula to not only protect their defense, but to also protect the quarterback that Jerry Jones just gave a contract to, paying him $40 million a year. So I think that the defense has to factor into whatever they do at 10. I just think they go about it in a different way. I think the offensive line is the area that Jerry Jones should target. They they need a corner. They've been needing a corner for quite some time now. So mm-hmm. go ahead, get Pat Sertain, uh, Jr. from Alabama, and figure out something as far as getting your offensive line healthy and then looking to address the offensive line in the later parts of the draft because you can find quality there. But Kyle Pitts, look, if they if they were to move up or whatever and draft a Kyle Pitts, you got C.D. Lamb. You got Amari Cooper, you got uh, uh, Zekio Elliott, mm-hmm. and you gone up to I guess what would be four spot. Mm-hmm. You have to put the football in that young man's hands to get the value out of it so much, and take the ball out of the other dude's hands, like Zeke that you paying all this money to, Amari Cooper you paying all this money to. It doesn't make it just doesn't make sense. I know it it looks cool in the garage. <laughs> 
right? It's like, oh, man, we got all this. We got Michael Gallup. We got just, we got all these toys. And, but you can't stop anybody. Yeah, there's only one football too, right? Can yeah, you, that's what I'm saying. There's only one football. I mean, I, I think that Dallas has enough weapons to be an explosive offense. Like, the thing that's going to stop them is not whether or not they have enough skill position players. It's whether or not that offensive line is any good. But also what Key is saying is right. Dallas really doesn't have a number two corner that they trust. Like, they don't have anybody opposite of Trevon Diggs. And even Trevon Diggs in his rookie year was up and down. He came on a little bit late last season. But they need to continue to add to that secondary as well. Like, cornerback is a huge area of concern for Jerry and them. And, yeah. and, and, and Dan Quinn loves his corners. Mm-hmm. The new D.C. And, and he loved – remember, we, he came from Seattle. Mm-hmm. So, you already know what they're looking for. Yep. They're looking for length. Yep. They're looking for big. And Sertan fits that – prototypical Dan Quinn type corner. Yeah, that Legion of Boom that he led allowed him to get the Atlanta head coaching job. And as we mentioned in the first hour, one of those 49-47 type games Mike was talking about was that loss to Dan Quinn. And when the Falcons went in there, had a chance to win and that ridiculous onside kick. You remember that? One of the craziest yep. endings yep. in recent NFL No, you get history. it. No, you get it. I'm supposed to jump on it? No, I don't know if I'm supposed to jump on it or not. Okay, let it roll two more yards. Damn, we should have dove on it. <laughs> Dan Quinn out. And Dan Quinn in with Dallas as a result. We'll take your calls here on the NFL for the next five minutes. Got any draft questions? Any thoughts? 888-SAY-ESPN. Any thoughts on Pitts? The deal? Pitts has basically said, I'll be the best to ever do it. That says something, considering we've had some great tight ends in this game. I want to talk more about the Cowboys here in one second, Chris, with you, as their biggest strength becomes a weakness and how it all happens. But first, a reminder, get a refresh with your refund during Mako's tax season event. For expert paint and collision repair, use their contactless services. It's as easy as book, quote, Fix. Uh-oh, better get Mako. Visit Mako.com today to schedule your free estimate terms and conditions. Apply a little NBA talk as well in five minutes with Alan Hahn. Take your calls again, 888-ESPN. As we sit here, just about a week and a half out from the draft. Oh, All right, let no. me ask you this. The Cowboys' biggest strength, Cowboys' biggest strength used to be their offensive line. Mm-hmm. And then you just said right at the top, it's right now a liability. How does that position group go from being the best in football by far, right, to this? Well, you got injuries that are playing a major role in that. Tyron Smith, Tyron. their left tackle, having some issues with his back. I think it was a neck and having to deal with that. Lyle Collins had some injuries last year. Travis Frederick, their center with Guillain-Barre syndrome, has had some issues, and he hadn't been able to get back right, so he stepped away. I mean, that's – that's really what has happened. This offensive line has gotten old overnight, and they, they've logged a lot of starts together, but eventually they broke down, and, and they haven't done a great job of continuing to infuse talent in depth within that group, so there hasn't been somebody to step in when you've had those guys miss time. So I think that's, that's really why the offensive line has gotten exposed the last couple of years, but I don't think this is one of those things where you've got to overhaul the entire group. I think adding a talented player or two, can, can can make a huge difference in terms of what the sum of that group can be in 2021. And, and one of the main problems is, much like uh, Kanti is saying, is you got injuries, you have retirements, but you also have depth that can't get on the couldn't get on the field mm. because the other guys are all frontline guys. So you got the backups that if they're in it and they're playing and they're understanding and getting used to certain things, they could potentially take over. But when they're never getting on the field – they're just sitting there playing maybe some special teams here or there, but they're not in the flow of the game. So it's hard to judge what you have as an offensive line. So when all those guys basically break down and you have to insert the number twos into the lineup, now your entire team 
it's broken down. The quarterback's gone. Zeke's not running the ball the same. You guys are not on the same page from the offensive line. You're messing around with Andy Dalton, that quarterback. It's like all screwy Louie. So they never really get any continuity going. Now you fast forward to this year, what are they going to do? Is there going to be voluntary workouts and OTAs and mini camps? And what type of training camp are we going to have? All of that is going to be very important for the Dallas Cowboys before the season starts to tell us in themselves what type of offensive line unit they have. Mitch in Virginia has a question for Key. Good morning, Mitch. Hey, big fan of the show. Lots of congrats on the success and continued success. Thank you. Key, I got a question for you. What's up? So uh, with all these quarterbacks coming out of college right now, if you are a wide receiver in the NFL and your incredible talents, who's the one quarterback coming out of college right now that you'd like to take a ball from? Thanks. Man, the one quarterback that I would like to take the ball from seemed like maybe Trevor Lawrence. Seemed like Trevor Lawrence would be the guy. Uh, seems like his accuracy is on point. Although I do like Justin Fields, whose accuracy is on point. Um, yeah, I, I, either one of them. What are those See, my, two? Pro- my problem ain't my quarterback. My problem is the guy who's calling the damn play. <laughs> that's my that, – that's real talk. I play with 16, 17 different QBs. But I need Charlie Weiss and, 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 and Dan Henning and Sean Payton and Todd Haley and Maurice Carthon and that bunch of group of guys. I need them to call the plays because I'm going to catch it if you throw it. But if you're not dialing it up, I can't help you. Paul's in North Carolina. Paul, good morning. Hey, fellas. Pleasure being on with you guys. Uh, hey, I'm a huge uh, Buffalo Bills fan, and uh, I've seen us across the board. Uh, Mel Kuyper has us taken Nigel Harris out of Alabama, which I think would be a huge asset to our offense. It was our weak spot on offense last year. Just wanted to see what you guys thought Buffalo was going to do all the way down at 30. Thanks, fellas. Oh, he's bu- I was reading the board. Uh, Bills guy. N- Najee, they, they got Singletary yeah, and Moss. There. Yep. Zach Moss, yep. I know they got Zach Moss, who's coming off an injury. Yep. Got hurt during the late season. And Singletary, so, I mean, I guess you could take Najee, but would they? That running game was bad last year. That running game is yeah, bad. Yeah, but was it, was it, is it the backs, or is it the line, or is it the scheme? Like, yeah, what I th- is I think, it? I think it's a combination of both, but if you add somebody like Najee Harris, who I think is a little more dynamic than the two options that they I have, gu- I guess you that, can. That, gives, that gives that offense a little bit more punch. I mean, last year they ranked 20th in rushing. So imagine if Josh Allen had the benefit of being more balanced on offense, how explosive that offense could potentially be and how much better he could be going from year three to year four. If it's one general manager in the National Football League that I trust and believe that he'll do the right things, it's Brandon Brandon Bean. Bean. I I feel like Brandon knows what it will take for his team to be built a certain way. And he's done a tremendous job since coming over from Carolina and becoming a general manager. They've kind of got the Buffalo Bills right where they wanted to when they decided to build this program. So Najee Harris wouldn't be bad. I just, for some reason in my mind, I'm just thinking Singletary and Zach Moss, and if they could somehow get the offensive line to start to 
push forward instead of always being on their heels. No doubt about it. And I couldn't agree with you more on Brandon Bean. No, no coincidence that he was together with Sean McDermott in Carolina. It shows you what alignment can do. It's always yep. this GM hiring this guy as a head coach that he doesn't know, and they've got to make the marriage work in Buffalo. It's all streamlined. They're all together, and it's paying dividends. Corey in New York, what do you have for us? Hey, guys. How you doing? All right. Uh, Miami is should be the front runner to get uh, – the big tight end pits. I think Tua needs a big weapon like that, and I just think that they should go all in on him. But I had another question. The Jets, do you think would be reaching for their second pick, the 23rd pick, to get a running back, or do you think they should wait? No, I would grab – I would if Najee Harris is sitting right there, I'd grab him. I think it's a reach, Key. You got the 34th overall pick. Like, I feel like you can address another need. That offensive line or cornerback – which is a real sore spot for them, would be what I would target with that 23rd overall pick. Right now, their starting corners are Bless Austin and Bryce Hall. Yeah, but they got to run it. I, who, who's behind me? It was behind I, don't, I mean, like, come on. I feel like you can – but running back is one of those positions, Key. I feel like you nah, can get a guy straight, though. when you get into the but second he, round, But he can catch the ball. Round. He can catch the ball at the back. Oh, he's field. nice. He's nice. He's don't get me wrong. He's a power back. He's patient runner. I don't know, man. That's a, that'll be a tough one, you know. You got to see how the draft goes when you start to get there because if it's looking a certain way, maybe you trade back a few steps mm-hmm. and grab him. I mean, it just – you got to see. But Najee Harris for the Jets, they and especially if you're drafting a young quarterback, see, you say they can get a running back later. I say they can get an offensive lineman later and a corner later. You know, I just – just depends. No doubt. And if you're unfamiliar with Najee, the power running. I mean, the power running is a sight. Catching the ball out of the backfield. That's huge. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests on the Goodyear Hotline as we get set to talk a little NBA. Alan Hahn is with us, the co-host of Barton Hahn. Weekdays on ESPN Radio. Alan, good morning. I want to start with something that the NBA instituted last year. And I guess it worked. It was one of those things where they kind of sort of had to make it work. And I want to talk to you about the play-in tournament, where this year it's a little bit different. It doesn't really matter how far back you are. If you're 7, 8, 9, 10 in the East or the West, you will participate in this event over the course of four days, May 18th to the 21st. Playoffs will start right after that. I kind of like it. Luca hates it. He says we're playing 72 games. What's the point of it? He also might be saying it right now because the Mavs are in the playing tournament at seven. But, Alan, here's my point. Right now, if you extend it down seven, eight, nine, ten, you get the Knicks into this thing. You get the Bulls into this thing. A couple of big markets for sure. Out in the West, believe it or not, Golden State and Steph would be sitting in the 10 spot. You get Steph in there at least maybe for a couple of uh, days. So what do you make of this? Luca hates it. A lot of people think it's a gimmick. I think it's a great way to get some of these organizations that would really help the NBA publicity-wise if they could somehow sneak in, even if their time there is very short. And you're, and you're actually, Zubin, you missed the most important name, Zion Williamson. Because ah, right now his team is in 11th, but they're a game out behind the Warriors. And so it also gives us more reason to keep pushing Zion and watch Zion. And, and I'm with you. I, I think it's not a gimmick. I, I actually think it keeps more markets engaged because what happens once we get to about two weeks to go in an NBA season? All of a sudden, you've got teams that are far out of a playoff spot or at least an arm's length enough for them to start resting players. Really? You need rest? You've got two weeks left in the season. There's plenty of rest coming for you. But that's what happens. And you don't want that because we know what rest means. Rest means tanking. 
And the league doesn't want that anymore. So that eliminates because now two-thirds of your league now is part of some type of postseason run or push. And actually more, if you consider the 11 and 12 place teams, could still have a chance and might want to make a push. And then, as you mentioned, the Stars. But you know what? I do have to take offense to you saying that the Knicks are, are involved in it because they are in the eighth spot. Oh, I mean, come on. That, that, that does, the eighth spot means you actually are in a playoff spot. So, you know, let, let's, let's not start throwing shade at the Knicks just because I'm here. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, yeah, yeah. They beat the Lakers. Big deal. Yeah, mean, they did, didn't they? Yeah. Didn't they? I, we were tired from beating up on the Nets. So. Oh, is that, oh, really? Maybe yeah. you were tired from a whole weekend in New York City, if you know what I'm saying. Why was LeBron <laughs> on that trip? And he's not going to play for three weeks. Why is LeBron and AD on that trip? Hey, I, man, wonder, it's, it's just, I wonder. It's just it's part of the continuity of the team. Uh, speaking, of, uh, <laughs> speaking of the Nets. What do you make of the night's game of a preview potentially for the Eastern Conference final with the Nets in the uh, 76ers taking on each other? Now, this is a huge game on many levels because, A, it's sort of like that last look we'll have before they meet again, right, which we expect maybe they will, we at least hope they will. Number two, it's a tiebreaker, right? It's the third game, and each have, have, have one win. Remember, Harden beat the Sixers without KD and without Kyrie the last time they met. He was by himself, but they still won the game. I, I think, you know, this is an important game. Just what if they finish, you know, tied for first? Well, there's your tiebreaker. So you absolutely, this is an important game just seeding-wise. So you look at it that way as well. Uh, will Kyrie play? As Steve Nash said last night that it's still, you know, game-time decision. He obviously did not make the trip to Minnesota for personal reasons. But will he play in this game tonight in Philadelphia? That, that's, that, that's something I think is going to also be significant because Kyrie and KD on the court together, we know Harden won't be there. But they're a much different team, a more formidable team with him out there on the floor. And I, I mean, I don't know if you guys, you guys saw what Ben Simmons said. I find that interesting, too. It's the idea, the concept of, you know, team, there's only one ball for them. You know, we're a better team and defense. And I, I mean, I need to see who's going to play the, the Nets physically because they're built. Six are built to do it. The Heat are built to do it. But if you just try to run with them, you, you're going to get run out of the gym. So I'm curious to see if there's a message sent tonight by the Sixers if to say, we know how to beat you and we're going to show you tonight. How big of a loss is the Jamal Murray injury to the Denver Nuggets and their prospects in the playoffs? Yeah, it's huge for them. You know, it really is. I, I actually think it's big on, on their playoff, you know, their hopes to do something and build off of last year. But I also wonder if it'll now have an impact on, on Nikola Jokic and his ability to win the MVP. Because either they're going to just still play well and he's going to be the reason why and you're going to be undoubtedly he's the MVP or they're going to completely you know, go in a tailspin and now you'll just change your mind about uh, his ability to be an MVP. So it really does impact that team in a lot of ways. It also sucks. I mean, it's like He's a young player who's playing so well and to see a non-contact like that for a young guy like that who's playing well, it's just that's miserable. And also in the Olympics. He's one of the best players, if not the best player, Team Canada has. And this was going to be kind of their first push. They have a lot of really good young players in Team Canada to try to make the Olympics. That could really hurt them in their ability to do that. Alan Hahn of Barton Hahn, noon, 2 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus. Um, Alan, what did you make of Anthony Edwards, what he said about not knowing who a-Rod was A-Rod, the baseball player, obviously, uh, who potentially is going to take over as one of the owners of the Minnesota Timberwolves. I find it funny. I think, he's, I think it's a great way to, to get yourself traded. You know, like if you really don't like a place. Like, who? Who's this guy? I never heard of him. You know, he's married to J-Lo. Who's that? Oh, you're traded immediately, right, when something like that happens. No, seriously, it's, is it shocking at this point? 
It's not. I thought it was funnier that he uh, before the season started, he talked about how he's a great baseball player growing up and he could have played in the majors. You might have been a good baseball player, but you sure weren't watching the sport. If no, you're MLB, see, that's the worst thing for MLB, man. isn't it? Though the worst thing for MLB. He was playing with y'all. See, no, he, he knew exactly. I swear, I think he's playing. I think he knew exactly what to do and say because guess what? People gonna run with it. Now, how do you, much like you just said, though, You're Alan, giving him a lot of credit for a, a 19, 20-year-old. Like, he, he's got this whole thing. You're telling me he's wagging the dog right now? You, you tell me phone, he thought of this? What? He predetermined, said, Keith, he said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to act like I don't know this guy. And yes. watch how the media runs because with Because the, the, when, when the question was posed to him, the first thing he was like, fan? So that tells me right then and there, he doesn't want you posing questions to him and projecting him as some sort of fan of a player. That's just what I saw. Wow. I'm He's sitting there really and I'm smart. looking like, I'm looking like, yeah, see, he got them now. He got you right where he wants you, and he's going to play the game. If you watch any of his press conferences, mm-hmm. he's always playing around and saying something that gets yeah. clickbait. Think about it, though. What did you say, 19, 20 years old? Yeah. What type of phone do you have, Alan? An iPhone, most likely, right? Yeah, and, you think, and you don't think he has an iPhone, an iPad, earbuds, and everything else to know Oh, that's the guy who is dating uh, uh, J Lo. Like he doesn't know that. Stop. I think he's. I, I think you're giving him way too much credit. In fact, if he was that clever, he'd be better as a defensive player. Oh, wow. yeah, I said Here it. Yeah, I said it. I did. Now, look, you you might be onto something because he also gave us clickbait about R.J. Barrett, didn't he? Yeah, we wanted mm-hmm. him to take that last shot. Yep. He also, you know, like he he does say Telling things. You. I think he's aloof, man. I just think he. I, I think he just says stuff he doesn't care. But it's not a surprise to me. I'm not one of these old guys that is like gets mad at a young person for not knowing something from my generation or not knowing something like historical. I, I'm because when we were kids, we were the same way. We were the same exact way. There were certain things that I'm like, I don't give a damn about that. Like we were all like that I'm when that we were that now. age. We just forget. <laughs> you Look probably yeah, right. Zoom is laughing now. I'm that I, way I, now. Yeah, like, I, I had that with Bart. I have to. I have to always give Bart a little history lesson before we go on the air about certain things. But nah. some guys are like that. I don't. I don't. I don't have a problem with it. Anything at all. before me, eh, doesn't matter. <laughs> before Key didn't happen. Didn't happen. Didn't happen at all. And that's why it's interesting because you know Anthony Edwards has been up and down this season. James Wiseman is up and down. He's hurt. Lamelo is up and down until he went down. So he's keeping the storylines alive live at least Maybe. for the young guys in the NBA. Uh, Alan, appreciate it. We'll see you today at noon Eastern ESPN+. Plus. You got it, boys. That's Alan Hahn. Great stuff inside the NBA. He makes a great point. You can get the Knicks, the Bulls, Steph, and Zion, even if it's just for a short amount of time. Unbelievable pub for the league. On the way, you know this. It's a newly reconfigured NFC West. So who's got more pressure on him? Matt Stafford with his new team, the Rams, or Russell Wilson, and the Seahawks after the offseason they've had with each other. Key will have the answer. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. 
We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. So finally, an athlete is telling me he wasn't taken out of context. Thank you, Carlos Dunlap, the first guy that's actually ever said, hear me out. So Dunlap is now back with the Seattle Seahawks. And what's interesting about that comment is Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin is back. Chris Cantian for JAJ will be back before the draft. Great to have a couple Super Bowl winners here. Let's talk about a Super Bowl franchise like the Seahawks and a team that's angling to get to a Super Bowl with this iteration. That would be the Rams. So Carlos Dunlap comes back to Seattle. He said, you probably heard it right there. Hey, Russ, you going to be here? I'm coming back. Are we going to reunite? He's like, I ain't going anywhere. If you hear some of the offseason storylines of the Seahawks, you might be inclined to think he's not long for Seattle. So they got a lot of pressure, making it happen. Expectations always high. On the other side, Matthew Stafford, owner of an 0-3 lifetime career playoff record, and has been said, just get me on a big-time team. That's what all of his defenders say. Get this guy with this talent on a roster that doesn't have the Detroit Lions standing around him, and he will take off. All right, Key, who's got more pressure? The Rams, who jettisoned Jared Goff, mortgaged everything to get Matt Stafford, or the shaky Seahawks situation? Who's got more pressure this year? I think it's, it's, it's we're talking about the AFC West. I mean, the NFC West, which is good. Mm-hmm. Um, You've got to think it's the Rams. You, you, you have to. And, and the reason is, is you got a quarterback who a lot of people – around the league. I mean, he's a nice guy. People like him. He's, he's been there, stuck in Detroit, only won three, uh, been in three playoff games, and they've lost all three in his career. He's put up big numbers every year. He's a 5,000, close to 5,000-yard passer. Tough. And, and tough, and he's dissing. Don't question his heart. All of the things that they want you to believe, Matthew Stafford is. So the Rams, they get him because clearly he has some ability. Mm-hmm. Now he has all the talent. He has a Super Bowl appearing head coach who was this darling of a head coach a couple years ago. If you just stood next to him, you got hired. And so <laughs> true. they traded away their first round pick overall, plus a bunch of other stuff to get rid of Jared Goff that they gave all this money to, to get Matthew Stafford. You With a defense that was one of the the top two or three defenses in the National Football League a year ago. Now, with that being said, Raheem Morris comes over from Atlanta to take over the defense. They lose their defensive coordinator, who's now in the L.A. Chargers. They lose a couple other coaches on that staff on the defensive side of the ball. There's a lot of pressure because you've given up a lot to get this quarterback. Mm -hmm. And And if people are correct about what Matthew Stafford really is, then the Rams ought to be winning the Super Bowl next year because... Everyone said the reason the Rams didn't win the Super Bowl or get to the Super Bowl was number 16. Right. He was the problem, Jared Goff. He was the problem. They didn't say the offensive line is older. They didn't say the running back is game is this, that, the receiver. They said the quarterback. So that was the one guy you went out there and got. 
Interesting. Now, Key, I get where you're coming from in terms of the expectations there being more pressure on Matt Stafford. Because let's, let's face it, when you look at the overall team, the Rams are a better overall team than the Seattle Seahawks. But the one thing that I will say about Russell Wilson coming into this season, what he did earlier in this offseason with throwing his offensive line under the bus and bringing into question some of the decisions that the organization has made, whether or not they've surrounded him with the, the right supporting cast to take full advantage of him being an elite quarterback, I think that's going to put Russell Wilson under a microscope. People are going to be paying attention to how he performs because you can't come out and criticize your team for not doing certain things and not valuing your input if you're not going out there and producing at a high level. So, Russell Wilson, there'll be a lot of eyeballs on him. This was a team that won the division last year. People are still going to be expecting the Seattle Seahawks to be right there in that conversation in 2021. I, I, I don't think it's pressure on him at all because he's not going anywhere. He didn't leave another team to come to Seattle. Seattle is his team. He's taking them to two Super Bowls. So he has the right to criticize the organization and say whatever the hell he wants to say because he's right to a degree. They've got to address the offensive line. He's got to get rid of the football. Okay, he holds on to it way too long. There's some issues on both sides, but he's not going anywhere. They went out and gave away everything to go get Matthew Stafford. When Jared Goff is taking him to the playoffs, taking him to the Super Bowl, you know, uh, done some great things for the Rams, but it wasn't good enough. So now the pressure is on Sean McVay along with Matthew Stafford and Les Snead. Because think about this, this Rams window. Okay. Think about the window. That window ain't getting ready to just keep staying open. Right. 49ers are going to get better. Seattle's going to get better. New Orleans is going to get better. Arizona is getting better. Mm-hmm. And, if, and then you got the top defensive player in all of the National Football League in mm-hmm. Aaron Donald. Mm-hmm. At some point in time, Aaron Donald ain't going to be Aaron Donald. So you got to cash in on that right now, today. Because Aaron Donald's going to get frustrated too. Because essentially he is a quarterback on the defensive side of the ball. His value is quarterback value. And if you keep putting me in situations where I'm not winning and winning the Super Bowl and going to the Super Bowl, I mean, I got to get out of here. Here's the thing I'll say about that Russell Wilson situation. And I know you're saying that Russ isn't going anywhere. But the last couple of off-seasons, there's been a lot of smoke around the relationship between Russ and the organization. And the fact that the Seattle Seahawks didn't come out and shut down all of the trade speculation, the fact that it was floated out there that the Chicago Bears and the Seahawks had some communication and discussed what it would potentially take in order to put together a Russell Wilson deal. You wouldn't be smart not to listen, though, can't you? No, I'm not saying you wouldn't be smart not to listen, but name me the team that feels like they have a franchise quarterback that is going to listen to trade offers for said quarterback. It don't happen in the NFL. That doesn't happen. If if I can, at the time, if I can get another franchise quarterback and something else to go with what we want to do, I'm a listen. Key, if I got an elite quarterback, I'm not trading him. Yeah, if but, I got but, a guy that's but, a top three or four player at that position, I'm not trading him. Elite to who, though? That's how you got to look at it. Because Pete Carroll and that staff up there and, and General Manager Snyder is saying to themselves, we like Russell Wilson mm-hmm. and we think Russell Wilson is good. Y'all might think he's great. We think he's good. Because it's our system, and we understand what we do. That's why when we threw the ball 50 times a game and he started turning it over, guess what we decided to do to get back on track? 
trade for defensive players, and run the football to get back on track because we couldn't allow him to keep giving the football to the other team. No question about it. I think the, it might be a trick question, as Key said. The question was Stafford or Wilson, but I think the answer actually might be McVay. And to Chris's point, the Rams aren't going to be able to reload because they haven't made a first-round pick since Jared Goff, as you told us yesterday. All right, on the way, it's call a roulette. This is something that we started when I was away, so I'm still learning about this. So well, let's eliminate the pleasantries. We love when you call and say you love the show. Thank you. We appreciate the patronage. Uh, don't ask us how we're doing. We're all doing pretty fine, or we'd be out <laughs> sick, right? Just call us and just get ready. We're going to give you a line number. So you, you got to be a little we'll more say, aggressive. Yes, a little New York. A little yeah, New a little York. More you guys played in New York. I got to bring out the New York sports radio <laughs> mentality here. First time, long time. Uh, and basically, we'll just give you a line number. You call your on line one, and then boom, you tell us what your name is. Boom, you tell us where you're calling from. Boom, and then you tell us your question. Just like that, rapid fire. We can always text on the side if we want to actually hang out. You just get in, get out, and we'll get as many of your calls in right now. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. That's my Francesa Light. You'd have to be in New York to get that one. (laughs) On the way, your calls. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Subin, the podcast. So here's the deal. It only seems appropriate on a night where we got a BetCast NBA gambling-centric broadcast. We're going to have a little caller roulette. Seems like the right way to end the show. We do it every weekday morning. Simply put, I'm just going to give you your line number. You tell me who you are, where you're calling from, and ask the fellas a question. We'll sneak in as many as we can. 888-ESPN. Try to get in now. 888-729-3776. Punchy and pithy. Here we go. Let's spin it, Alan. I'm going to break all the rules. Alan and Jay just said, but neither are here to defend themselves. They said, don't go to line five. So let's go to line five. I almost That's feel why like they I'm tell you not to go to line five. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> you tempted I, fate right yeah, there. They, I thought they, I explained they this They advised well, but... you against it, but you felt like your luck would be better than theirs. You're right. That's what just happened. You're right. I called Alan and Jay on it, and I looked bad. All right, let's spin it again. A second spin. Let me get the arm Jeez. warmed up. There we go. Come on, Alan. Zoom in, man. Line one. Somebody please say something. John in Virginia. 
I just want to ask you guys what you think about Fitzpatrick in Washington, and I've heard rumors that they may move up to try to get a quarterback in the draft. How possible is that? I think they Fitzpatrick in Washington is fine for now just because they need a veteran presence with young quarterbacks. And if they can move up to get a quarterback, they certainly should for the future because Ryan Fitzpatrick is not the future at quarterback for the Washington football team. Yeah, Ryan Fitzpatrick is just something to do when there's nothing to do. Like the quarterback <laughs> that they wanted this offseason, Matt Stafford, they swung and missed on that one. They settled on Ryan Fitzpatrick. He'll at least allow your football team to be competent. You can go out there and compete, but he's not your long-term guy. Yeah, he'll keep you in games, that's for sure. He's done that his entire career. He'll also keep the other team in games, too. (laughs) That's true. That's true. He does love throwing it to both teams. There's no question about it. Let's keep spinning. And they keep bringing him (laughs) up. Wonder why. Line six. Pedro, um, from Coachella, California. I was just wanting to ask if you guys think that if the Las Vegas Raiders were to offer Aaron Rodgers some type of a show at one of the casinos after he retires, he would consider playing for the Las Vegas Raiders. I don't know that is, – is Aaron Rodgers the answer? I mean, like, I think it's their defense. Yeah, their defense is awful. Yeah, the defense like, is a problem awful. for the Raiders. And they had a lot of injuries on that side of the ball, but they were still really bad. That That's the part awful. they got to get cleaned up. The offense is not going to be a problem. The offense, yeah, the offense is okay. Is fine. It's, yeah. it's the defense. Spin it. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests on the Goodyear Hotline, and let's welcome the guest on line two. Mike, Dayton, Ohio. Baker or Burrow? Mm. I, I'm, I'm, I'm rolling with Baker right now. I, I know Burrow showed flashes last year that made people go wild because he did, he did some stuff. It looked he, damn good. It looked good. It looked good. You know, he looked yeah. good, but. I, I think Baker is is kind of coming to his own under Kevin Stefanski and the Cleveland Browns, so I'm going to stay there. Let's spin it. Good morning. <laughs> Line one. Donald from Nashville. Why would why would the Bengals pass up on a chance to get a, almost like a Hall of Fame wide receiver like Jamar Chase? Just to get a tackle that you can get in second, third, and fourth round. No, I don't think you. Jamar Chase don't just. I don't think you're gonna be able to get no Penny Sewell in the second or third round. Uh, and they need to protect Joe Burrow, their young quarterback. They mm-hmm. got receivers. Yep. The receiver position is not a problem for them. I mean, they just drafted T. Higgins, who was a rookie last year that showed out for him. So I think they're okay at the receiver spot. And you can get a receiver later in the rounds, but when you get a once in a lifetime opportunity to draft a potential Anthony Munoz who played for the Cincinnati Bengals, yep. you get that. There's no doubt about it. Keep in mind, they also swung and missed on John Ross. Jamar Chase did have the best single season any LSU receiver has ever had. Let's try to sneak in one more. Last roll of it, Alan. Line three. Yes, yeah, Robert from uh, Charlottesville, Virginia. And I'm hearing Belichick's going to move up in the draft and get fields. And I think that's the perfect match because he could play behind Cam, who's got a couple years left. You wouldn't have to rush fields onto the field. But if Cam screws up, maybe you play him. But I, 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 Belichick's on the warpath. Yeah, no, that's if, if, in fact, that is the way it's going to be, then that's a smart move. If he can get up to get 
Justin Fields, however, fall to him, get up to get him, whatever, and he can learn behind Cam mm-hmm. and sit there for a year, two years. Yeah, you do that all day long. You and, take that and run to the hills. And Cam Newton would be a great mentor for Justin yeah. Fields in terms of the movement skills, the physical traits. Like They're, they're eerily similar in he terms could, of what they brought to the table coming out of college. He could also teach him how to deal with Boston and deal with the media in Boston. Yeah. They kind of got the similar hairstyles a little bit going. Yeah, he can let them know. Yeah, I think it's a good fit. I think it's a good fit. Go ahead. You can bite on that. Zubin, it's okay. (laughs) Go ahead. We should also mention, look, I mean, they spent almost $200 million in the first eight hours of free agency. We talked about the most intriguing teams yesterday, Key. If they were to get fields, plus all the money that they've spent coming off the year, such an atypical year, fascinating. Another thing you could do is take him shopping for shoes. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, that's what Cam could do. I don't know if Justin Fields is going for the Cam look, though. Well, you can take him shopping for shoes. (laughs) At least that's what the people in Boston think. We will see you tomorrow morning, just 24 hours away from another edition of Call the Roulette. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus. Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.